It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Well, one of us is happy. There's Anthony. Anthony, before we kick you out and before everyone who watches this show turns against you, do you want your 30 seconds of fame before uh, you become the most hated man on this panel? No, actually, we got to have a talk because there were some real dirty hits in this game. And uh, I'm a little ashamed of the Broncos defense. I'm happy we came out with the win, but we got to have we got to have a chat about some of the dirty hits. Uh, And I'm sure you guys will get to that. But good game. On to the next week, and the Broncos maybe maybe get their playoff spot, but I don't really know if I want them to have it with the way they played this week. So I'll go watch chat. Good luck, everybody. <laughs> well, with that out the way, it is 27 to 12. There is actually uh, a play before the two-minute warning here. We jumped the gun, but th- there's no need to wait, barring some miraculous – Never seen before improbable comeback here. The Cleveland Browns are set to fall to the Denver Broncos in Denver. It was a game that left questions in all three phases. And the three phases are offense, defense, and coaching. And we will touch on all three of those. DTR's hurt. Cooper's hurt. Miles was banged up. Gee, I know you were tweeting about Kevin Stefanski. We will get to Stefanski in a sec. But let's start with the person who we can evaluate because his day is officially over, and that is DTR. What do you think you saw from DTR? We'll talk about P.J. Walker next, but DTR specifically in his first road start. How would you feel about DTR's performance today? Well, um, I, I thought DTR uh, looked shaky. It looked like he couldn't uh, find where he was at. Um, he missed a lot of, guy, a lot of guys behind him, missed low, missed high. Um, I saw. I thought in, in in the second quarter, I thought he had a, a little bit of a, a a little bit of a warmth. He was warming up his moxie. He was a little bit better. I thought he hit a couple of guys, got him open. But for the most part, I thought in the, in the beginning part of the game, he was uh, all over the place. Um, it didn't help that when he did start to hit his stride, guys were dropping the rock. Um, you know, it, to me, and I, I thought, you know, I'm not a big Mark Sanchez fan. I, I was kind of puzzled a little bit why we were throwing the ball as much as we were, especially in the first few quarters. Um, as first as first few drives, especially being in mile high, um, crowd was involved in the game. To me, I, I, I thought they were running the ball a little better, a little bit better, uh, given the fact that they, you're going against the worst defensive uh, unit in, in, in rushing, uh, giving up rushing yards and, and, and things like that. But for me, as the Browns give up a safety. Um, yeah. For me, I thought DTR was shaky. I thought DTR um, had his spots, but in general, um, just he looked like a rookie quarterback today. Earl? Yeah, I, I mean, I thought uh, for the most part, it, it wasn't that great. It, it wasn't really pretty to watch. Um, I thought in that third quarter, he did make a few plays, a couple throws. 
as G said, when he did make some throws that looked pretty good, the wide receiver didn't hold on to the football, but he seemed lost out there. You know, a lot of passes was going behind the wide receivers. Um, just really didn't seem like he can make the proper read. I think he averaged like 4.6 yards per throw. You know what I mean? So not a good performance at all. And, um, <clears throat> you know, unfortunately, um, I kind of got to feel like I got to walk back some of the things I said, you know, as far as feeling like we will be okay uh, with, with DTR un- under center. Um, I hope he's like, okay, I know he, he he suffered a concussion. I hope he's all right with that. But uh, that was not pretty at all, like no. at all, you know. And uh, to, to you, both of you all's point, you know, it's funny. I interviewed uh, Jason this morning. And he talked about that Kevin Stefanski is the opposite. He doesn't use the run game to set up the pass. He kind of uses the pass game to set up the run. Um, I kind of disagree with that theory today. You know, you're going against a, a Broncos defense that's giving up 160 yards a game rushing, which is dead last in the NFL. And you didn't come out and establish the run early. Um, now, when you finally seen the run was working, you you started to utilize it more. But I kind of thought you should have came out with that. You know what I mean? That would have been your opportunity to kind of make DTR comfortable and take some D shots downfield. But it was just a bad loss, man. A ugly game across the board for the Bronx. Yeah, I'll say my Stefanski thoughts of the game's finally over. Um, so, because the game, there's still 220 left. We actually jumped a two minute gun by seven plays, a safety, a timeout, and a couple incompletions. So, I guess that's bad job out of us. There was a safety. DTR, I thought for a three drive stretch towards the end of the first half and early in the third quarter, he looked like a guy you could win football games with as long as he didn't turn the ball over. But in the first quarter, I just don't know what the Browns want him to do it seemed like everything was so quick and gee you said it last week they were playing a dangerous game against Pittsburgh well that's on tape now and they played that same damn dangerous game early against Denver the biggest difference being Denver has passed their hands one of the two or three best cornerbacks in all of football and safeties who fly around the field in a way I don't think the Browns have seen teams have safeties like that like and that's not even a shot against the Ravens safeties they just play a little different brand of football Geno Stone isn't coming down he's more fading back and picking off passes that uh, are, are more downfield, just a different brand of defensive backs they've seen. I didn't think they asked him. I didn't think Stefanski asked DTR to do enough to once again show us what it could be, but to show us what he could be. But he played decent for a stretch, and outside of that, he was shaky. And I don't think, and I, I'm a Stefanski defender. You guys know that. I think Kevin dropped the ball today and did not put him in a position to succeed. And like I said, we'll talk about not running enough. We could talk about the reverse call, which I know we'll get to in a second. DTR got hurt. P.J. Walker came in, and P.J. Walker is just not the answer. I think we could all come to that conclusion. But it is – I'm just confused, I think, is the best way for me to describe it. I'm confused at what the Browns were trying to accomplish today offensively, and very rarely do I feel confused after watching 60 minutes of football. Well, so here's what it's going to be. And I, I know people want to, you know, people want to say in this town, it's either get rid of Stefanski, fire Stefanski, or Stefanski needs an extension. I think what we all need to understand is this, 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 this game called football is a week-to-week league. And you don't get credit points that you build up so you can just drop the ball. And so some people will call it flip-flopping. We call it, we call it accountability. At the end of the day, if you do a good job of calling plays last week, that's great. I could tell you did a good job. Claps. Hey, pump the fist for you. But if you come out today 
and you call a game like you called today, I, I can't go back and say, well, last week you said he called a good game. Well, he did last week. This week was not the same. This was not, he read the, he read the room. He had a good, he, he called a good game against Pittsburgh at home. When you have the crowd, when you understand what the controllables are, when you go on the road, and you're playing against the worst rush defense in the game, and you get guys that are averaging six. I think Jerome Ford averaged seven yards a game carry or something like that. When you come out and you're throwing the ball as much as you do, with with with, with your tackles being what they are, and being in mile high, a very loud crowd, and you're asking DTR to throw the ball downfield, you got to understand at some point. He's a rookie, and you have to understand at some point you're down to your third running backs, and you got a you know you you got tackles that are, are turnstiles. You got, got so so. My thing is this: week to week, you have to have the discipline to call the game that you know that you can win. And sometimes, and this is what Kevin. This is for better or worse. This is what Kevin Stefanski is a play caller. Kevin Stefanski is going to beat to his own drum. It does not matter what what his. Advantages are, or what his disadvantages are, he's going to call the plays that he wants, and sometimes you're going to end up with the Kevin Stefanski game where the tight end fumbles the football in fourth and one, or or a reverse that was going to get blown up in the backfield that leads to pretty much the game being over. You're going to have to deal with those, and those are the things that are in the back pocket of Kevin Stefanski and what he does as a play caller, and you're just going to either have to live with it or say, Kev, what are we doing here? This is what it is. Yeah, man, I, you know, when I look at it, you know, I really hate to flip-flop, but I got to call it how I see it. And the truth of the matter is, man, I think the biggest thing with Kevin Stefanski is he's just inconsistent, right? And it's really hard to sit up here and keep calling him a good head coach if he's consistent week in and week out. And I'm not going to say he's bad, but I think maybe he's just average as a as a head coach, like, because he can he can't seem to do anything right on a consistent basis. Uh, I too felt like he, he, he dropped the ball out there, you know, like earlier today, I talked about kind of like reading the room and how important it was for us to, to win this game. If you look at the AFC and how tight the AFC is, you can't afford to lose games that you should win. And I understand playing in Denver is a tough task. And I understand that, you know, the Broncos are not winners of five straight, but you, you're a better football team, or at least I thought you were a better football team. And I thought that Kevin Stefanski would do a better job of basically like utilizing the Brown strengths and attacking the Denver Broncos weaknesses. You know, it wasn't it, it wasn't hard to really identify that they had a weak run defense. And I don't feel like he did enough to kind of like attack that early on in the game. I don't really think he did enough to put DTR in the best situations to have success. Um, I can't really put too much of this on DTR if I'm being totally honest, man. When I look at it, a bunch of drop passes. You know, he got to run a place that's called for him to run. And with him being a rookie quarterback, I'm not sure if he knows enough to go out there and look and read a defense to the point of, of making adjustments on the fly. It's, it, it seems like it's just one read, boom, try to get the ball out. You know, and, and when he was able to show some things differently in that third quarter, uh, that didn't last long because he ended up getting hurt itself. But uh, this was bad. Like, this was bad, and this, and this doesn't look good on Kevin Stefanski. You know, Jason Lloyd wrote an article last week saying that Kevin Stefanski had already earned a contract extension. And part of the interview this morning, I asked him, I said, you know, right now the Browns are seven and three going into this game. And Jason, with seven games remaining, if 
for whatever reason, the Browns was to go two and five or one and six, did you still believe that Kevin Stefanski earned that extension? And he said yes. And for me, I totally disagree with that. I think these last seven games, including today, I think they are going to be vital in evaluating if Kevin Stefanski is the coach next year. And this is why you have a seven and three football team. They are seven and three, you know, even after everything that they've been through and, you know, injuries off the field, adversity, the whole saga, whatever. But if you sit in that seven and three and then you drop the ball and you don't close this thing out, you can't finish. And how can I how can I trust you going forward to lead this team if that's the case? Everything we said about last everything we said about Stefanski last week was right in the moment. I didn't think he had a good game today, but it's not like Stefanski is the only reason the Browns lost. The defense allowed Denver to drive down the field twice, 80 yards each time, scored touchdowns in the first half. In the second half, after they scored the touchdown and then missed the two-point conversion, which wasn't a great throw by DTR, but Amari Cooper still got to catch that. They had a chance to seize all the momentum. The defense allowed Denver to drive back down the field. The Browns had seven drops. I mean, we can blame coaching all we want. And once again, I do not think Stefanski's without blame here. But it wasn't like the players had their best performance either. Defensively, I come away from this game. Denver ran the ball against Cleveland in a way we haven't seen many teams run the ball. And gee, I'm the way they used the traps, the way they used uh, Cleveland's aggressive defensive line against them was something I kind of, I guess I knew it was going to come at some point this season, but I didn't think Samaji Pirine and this Denver offensive line was going to be the offense to capitalize well, on what the Browns do so well, but used it against them. So Stefanski definitely wasn't perfect, but I think there's a lot of other areas around here that also did not play up to par today. Hey, hey, let me let me let me show you something real quick though. Um, here, here's why when, here's where, you know, when people bring out the statistics, this is a point where statistics matter, right? Uh, DTR 14 to 29, 134 yards, right? Now you may say, ah, oh, that's not too bad. 14 to 29. He had one touchdown, whatever the case, 73.1 rating, but the game he should have been going, the game that Kevin Stefanski should have been shooting for is the game that the Denver Broncos had 13 to 22 for Russell Wilson, 134 yards. But look at this. You, you, you decrease the amount of times he's throwing the ball. His average is higher, 6.1. Still had a touchdown, but he has a 91.9% rating. Why is that? Numbers seem The numbers seem very, you know, the same. Let's go back to where, where it comes at. When you look at the Cleveland Browns rushing the ball, Jerome Ford had nine carries for 65 yards, 7.2 a carry, right? He was good. You look, at, you look at what the Denver Broncos did. Denver Broncos, in general, in total, ran the ball 39 times, right? 39 times to Cleveland Browns, 24 times. Uh, Javante Williams, 18 carries, right, for 65 yards. It may only look like you have 3.6 yards per carry. That's what he got. Um, Samaji Piran, seven carries for 55 yards, 7.9 yards per carry. Even Russell Wilson ran the ball 11 times. But so many times we get in these arguments about the minutia, whether it's the play calling or whose whose fault is it? Here's the problem. We're not look. I just consistently continue, continually tell people this. It is not how many times you run it. It's about the game plan that you call and the game plan that the Denver Broncos called today at home was a game plan in which. They controlled the ball. They controlled the time. They had defense on the field most of the game. And even when the game was a two-point game, you always felt like the Denver Broncos had control of the game because they stood what they wanted to do. 
and and the confusion that you have with DTR is because there's a confusion in the identity of the Cleveland Browns. We've said it from get go. It we don't know who we are. When, when it when it gets close, when it gets tough, what are we? Are we a trick, razzle-dazzle, reverse flea flicker team? Are we a short passing team? Are we a hard-nosed hand-the-ball to Kareem Hunt team? Because when we, we dropped the ball and fumbled with, with Harrison Bryant, you could have just turned around and gave the ball to Kareem Hunt and, and got two yards and kept it pushing. So my thing is this. Scott, gee, don't you have to stay up with DTR, though, when you have a new quarterback? Don't you have to – isn't it no. impossible just to assume you're a certain type of team when you don't exactly know what you're getting from the quarterback? Oh, you, the assumption should be DTR is nowhere near on the top of the pecking order and the game plan has to look a lot like it did in Pittsburgh. But sometimes I always tell you this, it's not when you look in the mirror, you, you, you have to be true to who you are. Sometimes Kevin Stefanski is not true to who he is. He looks at the results. He sees the way he had to play against the Ford Diners. You see the way you had to play last week against Pittsburgh. You see those ugly games that you have to win. And then all, there, there's two or three games a year where he says, well, you know, statistics be damned. I'm just going to throw the ball and I'm going to do tricky stuff. And it that can, and, 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 and I'll, I'll turn this off to Earl. Really? When, when you're looking at the way the game is played, people don't understand this. One or two plays can cost you, especially in this AFC, especially on how defense is being played. There, This ain't wide open games. These are very close games from team to team, and one or two plays that are off can cost you, and today it costs the Browns. Now, where that super chat at that was just up there? I think it was from B. Has, man. Somebody throw that back up there. 42 pass attempts, 16 handoffs to Hunt and Ford. That's a losing formula. I need that super chat because I need to bounce off of something that G just said. Hey, G, I'm going to keep it real, man. I think Stefanski is being true to who he is, and that's the problem, right? This this Cleveland Browns team is built to run the football on offense. And, and when we do it, we do it damn well when we want to do it. But we know for a fact, everybody that's associated with UCSS know for a fact, Kevin Stefanski is, is, is in love with throwing the football, right? No matter who's the quarterback, no matter what the situation, this has been his thing since he's been a head coach. You know, we know that he likes to use the passing game to set up the run, not the other way around. We know that Kevin Stefanski would drop any quarterback back and, and make him pass the ball 35 to 40 times. So, like, to me, it's starting to show a little bit of stubbornness because even when the run game worked, you try to revert to this philosophy that you believe in instead of looking at your team, looking at your roster and looking at how you have success and just rolling with that. Instead of was rolling with what works for you, it just seems like when we have some success and then when the fans and the media kind of back off of him, it's almost back to, OK, let me try this my way again instead of just going with what's working. And so, like, maybe he truly is being true to who he is. And him being true to who he is is not really working for the Cleveland Browns. The fact that, like, we knew going into this game that the Broncos gave up as many yards rushing per game to opposing teams as they did, and this is what the results are, like, I find it hard to believe that you spent all week preparing for this team, scouting this team, seeing what their weaknesses were, to drop back and throw the ball 42 damn times with a quarterback making his first career start on the road. The, the Browns had the most carries and rushing attempts of any team in the league entering this week. So to say they don't run the ball is just like. But I'm talking about this right? week. But see, but see, but see, Mike, we talking about like we have to 
I feel like we gotta evaluate this thing on a week to week basis. Like I think I, think I don't, I don't think Stefanski did a good job today. Like I'm, the, no, I'm, I'm saying I, 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 don't think I guess what I'm saying. Job, like I, I'm just saying. No, what, what what I'm saying is to talk about okay where the Browns are leading up into this game. That's irrelevant. We're talking about this game in particular. You can lead the NFL and rushing and Simpson rushing yards coming into this game, but if you choose not to run a ball against the league's worst run defense then what you did up until this game is irrelevant. Well, you just said his whole his whole mantra is he doesn't like to run the ball. They lead the NFL in rushing attempts this season. So no, his I mean, his whole mantra is Kevin Stefanski is, is a head coach that prefers to pass the football. Everybody knows that. But to say, like, the Browns lead the NFL in rushing and coming to this game, it's like, so what? Where was that this game? I agree. They, I, listen, I, I'm with you. I agree that they should have ran the ball more this game. Denver's run defense is dead last in the NFL, and even the last four weeks – when they've been better, they're still giving up 137 rush yards per game. The fact they only ran the ball 16 times makes no sense to me. But I'm just saying, if you're going to say Kevin Stefanski doesn't like to run the ball, that's just factually incorrect. Like, they have more rushing attempts than any other team in the league this year. They've also run more plays, which is why they've had more opportunities to run the ball. But let's not pretend Kevin Stefanski doesn't like to run the ball. I'm thinking about the game plan coming into this game. When you sit back all week and you evaluate your opponent and you try to evaluate what their weaknesses is and what their strengths is, and you know they they have a weak run defense, there's no excuse for only running the ball 16 times. I agree with that. I I like the drone forward when they came out on the first drive of the game, three passes, second drive of the game, two passes and a run. And I'm looking around, I'm waiting for the G text. Where the hell's Kareem Hunt? And then it came the next drive. G texted us immediately after. I think Kareem Hunt should have got more carries today. I think Jerome Ford should have got more carries today. I still want to see more Pierre Strong in this offense. I never want to see another reverse. We could literally scrap any type of reverse they have. G, I'm not sure. You know, you played high level in high school and college. I don't know what erasing an entire sheet looks like if that's literally throwing it into a fire and burning it to ashes. I'm not sure what that actual evisceration of a play she looks like, but whatever it is, get that the hell out of Berea. Get it out of the state of Ohio. I never want to see anything, anything along that again this season. Yeah, I, the, the reverse. <laughs> the re, first of all, the defensive tackle had blown that play up. Even if even if Pear Strong does not drop the ball, he's tackled for a 10-yard loss. That's Just put that out there right now. Second of all, um, you know, Everything that we, we we talk about all the time, and, and I think we, we get caught in the minutia of the situation. I think we need to take a, a step back and say, listen, you can't run everything with P.J. Walker or DTR. You just can't. Like, your whole playbook is not available to rookie quarterbacks or P.J. Walker. It's just not. I would love to do a lot of different things. I would love to go to I would love to go to to, to, to Morton's Steakhouse every day, but the way my checking and savings is set up, I can't afford to do that every single day. And so when we're talking about scheduling plays and setting up plays, give all we want is give your give your team a chance to win the football game. That's all you want. And you have to also call a, a game plan Towards what your defense was looking like. You saw people going out like flies, right? You yeah. saw go- people going out like flies. It's thin altitude out there in Denver. And guess what? Denver was like, well, listen, we're not going to be throwing a bunch of jump balls to Cortland uh, Sutlin and, 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 and uh, Jerry Judy. We're going to run this football. We're going to keep it copacetic, keep it on the ground. So they had, they had a complimentary football game. 
See what I'm saying? Like, you can't just in a vacuum say, okay, well, we should throw the ball. You also have to figure out what are you doing offensively, defensively? What is your, what are we doing? You don't have all of your guys. Denzel Ward was grossly missed today. The, the, Greg Newsom was, we saw a lot more zone coverage. We saw a lot more of that because you did not have him and Emerson and Denzel Ward in the game. So the way you call plays as a play caller counts. And my thing is, my thing is like this. And I always ask people this question and watch how many people just drop off and don't say nothing. <laughs> Why is it that if you said, hey, are you are you uh, are you against uh, Kevin Stefanski giving the ball, giving the play calling to an uh, offensive coordinator? Are you against it? And, and, and my question is, if you believe Kevin Stefanski is a good coach, a good head coach, let him be a good head coach. And, and find somebody else that may be able to have a bigger, have a, a microscopic pinpoint accuracy on looking at, okay, which is the best way to put our team in position? Because if you like Kevin Stefanski because he's a good head coach, the guys fight for him, there should be something that also says we shouldn't lose a lot if, if maybe somebody else with a fresh set of eyes looks at this offense and figures it out. Uh, yeah, it's... One of those discussions we could have every week. He made some good calls today. Made some terrible calls. It. This. I feel like this is the same discussion running it back. Let's talk about, uh, the defense for one sec, guys, and we'll get back to PJ Walker and what to do moving forward. This is a game G and Earl we talked about all week, saying I'm not sure the Browns are going to score a ton of points, regardless whether they ran through whatever. Denver's defense been playing better. G, I think you picked the final score 17-10 on Friday. Earl, I'm not sure you gave an official score. I picked 16-10. So none of us thought it was going to be an offensive showdown. I don't think anyone predicted the Browns' defense giving up 29 points or 27 with the safety. And Denzel Ward didn't play. And early on, we saw the Broncos attack Greg Newsom. His tackling left a lot to be desired. Miles Garrett got dinged up a little bit, but he didn't have the same impact he's had in previous games. Uh, And overall... Outside of JOK, it felt like a lot of guys were not playing up to the level we had seen the last couple of weeks where the defense had been, frankly, stellar. G, are you, or Earl, you can start with this one. Are you surprised that the defense took a step back today? Yeah, I the am. They were going against? I, I am. Um, I, I thought our run defense got exposed a little bit. You know, like the way that our defensive line was uh, playing, like they was playing the wide within the tackles. And it seemed like Russell Wilson just being a veteran quarterback and understanding the scheme that he had seen before. Clearly, he was just checking down to runs in between, you know, where, where our defensive tackles were spread out at, and it was working every play, no matter who was running the football. Um, you know, it, it was tough sledding out there for them boys today. You know, Jock played a good game, but uh, you know, he was about the only one that I can really think of that actually went out there and played solid. The Browns didn't even really generate much pressure. I mean, they got pressure on Russell Wilson, but they wasn't able to get him to the ground, which was kind of shocking because coming into this game, he was like the fourth most sacked quarterback yeah. in the NFL. And so for them not to be able to like, you know, kind of like put some hits on them and get them down to the ground, that was disappointing. But just to see us get, you know, gashed like that in the run defense was kind of crazy. I think we had gave up like a hundred over a hundred yards rushing in the first half. You know yeah. what I mean? That, that was wild. So like, I definitely think they took a step back. You can see the uh, visual frustration on Jim Schwartz's face in the first quarter. So they got to get back to the drawing board and use this game and review that tape to try to kind of correct some things and get better for next week. 
G anomaly or did Denver figure out something? Well, I, I think it, it's it's a couple things. I think um, they had a nice they had a nice approach and a nice scheme of what they wanted to attack the ball from the rump standpoint. However, the Browns have a lot of people out. Um, yeah. You look at Anthony Walker being a middle linebacker out. You look at your best corner in Denzel Ward being out. You look at guys now switching around playing a different position. Taki Taki played a different position. Uh, you saw Miles Garrett obviously be dinged up a little bit out there. Not the same, uh, you know, coming off the ball. Uh, you know, e- even you got guys like Zadarius Smith that were dinged up a little bit. Um, and, and this is why, and from a defensive standpoint, this is why me coming as, as a defensive lineman, right? And and that's where I played up front. And when you are running the football, and it and, and it's that time of year, it's Denver, it's November, it's getting cold outside, and you got big dudes t- like coming off the ball, double teaming you to the next level. And you got to tackle guys like Williams and Samaji P. Ryan. That's an accumulative effect. And the thing about people don't understand about defensive line is that's over a, a, over a long period of a season. When cats start leaning on you, you lean on you, you get an ache here, the pain here. It is so difficult to, to ask your defense to be super elite every game with no room yeah. for error. Um, and as you start to have guys go out in strategic places, you're going to have some leaks here or there, especially in the run game. And that's why um, when people say, G. Bush, you go crazy. Why are you such an advocate of running the ball in this? It's a new era. Only reason I'm telling you what I know is because I know how hard it is to get off blocks and tackle people when it's second and three and third and three, and they're mixing it up. And when you mix it up, guess what happens? That pass rush disappears, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> you can't be running upfield and they turning the ball, handing the ball off for nine or ten. It, it may, I may sound, guys, I may sound like I'd be beating a dead horse, but I trust me, I, I, I'm just telling you from what I know. And, and when, when you start to see that, and when you start to see the games get colder and it's November and December, it's the run game that wins games, not the, all that superstar passing the ball down the field. That's just what it is. I wonder if this – it had a similar feel almost to week four um, when DTR played, and the defense kind of got the feeling early on that the offense wasn't going to be able to do anything. Mm, and I don't, yeah, I'm not going to say they packed it in by any means. I'm not accusing them of that. Give Denver kudos. Like, they put together two long drives. We did a McNugget stat on Friday. Denver, since week six, was ranked in the bottom five in the NFL in scoring drives that started in their own half, so in negative territory. And they put two 80-yard touchdown drives together in the first half. So I'm giving them credit. But it just felt like the defense maybe had a level to go up a notch and was like, it's kind of a lost cause. Let's save our battles and fight another day. <laughs> there wasn't no level today. They they were complacent. It, they kind of saw the writing on the wall, especially when P.J. Walker came in. And I guess this is a good time to transition to P.J. Walker. Before that, though, before, I, I think we yeah, talked you- about it. Uh, I wasn't here last week, but the week before last, I know we had talked about it on the postgame show that, you know, the defense been starting slow a lot lately. Mm-hmm. You know, the first quarter has been rough for the defense. And we've been giving them credit for making in-game adjustments, getting their stuff together, and kind of playing lights out for the remainder of the game. But all three of us alluded to the fact that eventually playing that way was going to catch up to you and bite playing you in the fire. Yeah, you was playing with fire, playing that way. And, you know, you can say what you want to say about Russell Wilson and Sean Payton, man, but 
Both of them are Super Bowl champions. They are both veterans and they both been around for a long time. And you've seen that veteran experience come out in the quarterback position um, in the head coach position. And, you know, you talk a lot about that defense who gave up 70 points to the Dolphins and they DC, man, they remind them of that every single week. And I just kind of thought that was kind of, you know, something to look at G that we talked about that a couple weeks ago, even in victory, right? We didn't have really too many things to pull apart from that game, but we was like, you know, this defense, they start off slow and yeah, they might make some in-game adjustments, but eventually you keep starting off slow like that and you keep playing from behind like that, that stuff will catch up to you. That you know, work. like like and you're playing from behind and then you're getting these unnecessary penalties, you know, on top of it. That don't help matters at all. So uh just just something else to kind of throw in there to G, G I got a question real quick. And Earl just mentioned Russell Wilson being a veteran quarterback. And if you look at the quarterbacks the Browns have played this season. Joe Burrow, week one, he was a little hindered. But outside of that, and, and Lamar, obviously. Lamar's very talented. They haven't really played kind of like that savvy veteran who's in the more cerebral part of his career than he is in the physical prime. And I'm not sure if it was just the, the hot mics on Fox, but you heard him call pizza pizza before yeah. that read option he kept in the second quarter that got a 28-yard gain down the left sideline. Do you think he was able to see things at the line of scrimmage and adjust in ways that some of the other quarterbacks have? Or was that just... And I'm asking, like, you laugh. I have no idea because you know that stuff better than I do. Was that Russ Wilson doing stuff, or was that yeah. the Browns kind of getting out schemed in certain ways? Nah, that's that's see, that's a good question though, um, because that's it. Kind of alludes, um, it kind of alludes to what I was saying early. You can't run everything with DTR, mm-hmm. and even if you get the correct picture. It's just like he just does not have enough reps to be able to process what people going to give him. Like, you know, there was a good shot of, of Joe Flacco on the sideline kind of di- dissecting things where it's supposed to go. And a, and a great point is you brought up Russell Wilson. See, Russell Wilson done seen all of those before. And on, and on the run, he's able to say, oh, I see how y'all crashing down with these defensive ends. How's about let's go ahead and run the read option. But instead of the read option, it's a quarterback keep. I'll just take the backside. I'll take the fullback and lead up and lead. And, and Mark Sanchez was like, oh, that's a touchdown. If that was five years ago, that would have been a touchdown. But it's just – and then they flipped the play, ran it again. And so what he's doing is he's setting up how he wants to have this game run. Now, look, that may only be a play of 12 yards right there. But guess what? They ran it twice now. Now, every single defensive end that comes into the game, they're not going to be running upfield like that. Because it's in the back of their mind. They've already set that up. So now what they're doing is is that that is almost good as having a blocker there. Because the defensive end has to respect what you're running now because you showed it twice and you're not afraid to pull it. So now they, they got to respect the zone play. They got to respect that. And you're going to get a little more time on your play action because they can't just run upfield. So for 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 that's what I mean by. When people are so quick to talk about the game and just absolute blanket statements, Russell Wilson's Russell is washed or Joe Flacco's washed. There's a lot of things those veterans have that don't have anything to do with what they do in the field. It's how they use the game and how they're able to set things up. And Russell said, look, I ain't gonna be out here throwing the ball all day, 13 and 22, efficient. And we're gonna run this rock. We're gonna I'm gonna cancel out a lot of stuff and get us in place. That's worth something. Well, on yeah, the- that- on the flip side of efficient and successful is what we got from PJ Walker today. And I'll just say this and I'll, I'll drop out, let you guys chime in early. You can start. But if I never see PJ Walker play quarterback <laughs> in the NFL again, I can die happy. 
that's my analysis. It's what you, thought, you, you thought you wanted to get some deep, sophisticated analysis from me? <laughs> I, hey, I listen, man, PJ Walker was god awful, man. Like, I don't know if y'all seen my tweet. I tweeted out the Boosie GIF. I was like, man, come on, man. Like, 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 damn, like, why, why us, right? Like, why, why they always got to be something with us? You know what I'm saying? Like, DTR would have gave us a chance to at least hang in there. But as soon as we seen PJ Walker come in, like, I started making graphics for the moral already. I already knew <laughs> the word. I said, it's time to get a head start, my boy. <laughs> hey, I got a, I got a theory. Like, y'all ride with me in the chat. Y'all might think I'm crazy for this. Y'all might think I'm crazy. I'm going to give it to y'all. Hey, put a one up. Put a one in there if you feel like I'm I'm on something. Put a two if you think I'm just being G. Bush coming up with stuff, right? So my thought process when I saw the game working, McNuggets, he was like, I didn't understand three three passes with DTR. I'm thinking like, okay, come back again, two more passes, one run. You're like, dang, bro, like what what is we doing? Like, I, I, is we gonna see uh, Ford Hunt? What are we doing? As I started to see the game develop a little bit. It hit me. I said, listen, Stefanski is using this as an audition. What he's trying to see real quick is, look, if I give if I give DTR the whole book, playbook, we're going to let you sink or swim. I saw what you looked like when I saw what you, what you looked like when we had the training wheels off. Let's take the training wheels off and let's see if you're going to be able to beat a quarterback running what I want to run the rest of the season. He gave him that playbook. And it was mixed. It was mixed value, but the real test was to see how quickly do I need to go to Joe Flacco. I believe that that not only DTR was was auditioning. He was trying. To, he was auditioning for his job, and for for the most part, he looked like he was trying to do his thing. When he got hit, and he went out of that football game, uh, it, this season is now on Joe Flacco. Um, there is no reason. P.J. Walker should ever touch another football. Uh, I thought he was auditioning with DTR to see what he was going to do. Uh, and we've seen what that looks like. I think next week Joe Flacco is the starter moving forward. Um, and and I just think that's something that's going to happen. What do we what do we say, guys? I, I will say this, though. Like, that that's a hell of a theory. I really hope that's not true because you can point to a few times during Kevin Stefanski's tenure to where we thought like he was kind of talking up a game just to see something, right? And like the way the AFC is, is set up, you can't afford to really be going out there trying to see something, you know, especially on it's, the road. That's set, but with that like, seven and three, like, Earl, that yeah, seven like, and three, he was like, yeah, I, I got something. I yeah, got, but, I got I, but like, look, I ain't saying you wrong, but if you if you went to Denver, like, let me just see something, and you know, like that lost column in the AFC, everybody is like within one loss of each other. That's that's a bad job out of you, and and I, I, it only triggered a thought because there's been times where you know even when Baker was here, you know that we said that Kevin Stefanski was trying to see something. I'm trying to see <laughs> what you're talking about. Yeah, so like, to see what see what you're talking about, game. So, so 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 the whole like yeah, that, that's kind of funny, man. If he out there trying to see something, like that that's hilarious. We ain't got time for that though. <laughs> G, let me say, let me say this, G. Why people keep saying yeah. don't cry? I'm not, man, dog. I'm tired, man. I've been at the ready. I've been listen. I've been working since six o'clock this morning. I'm exhausted. Gee, if it comes out that what you're saying is true, if that's the case, that is coaching malpractice, and Kevin Smith should be should be fired on the spot. Why? Why? Because, true, why? Because, because you're in the AFC playoff hunt, and you're not just trying to see something. You're competing to potentially host a playoff game in Cleveland. 
downtown at Cleveland uh-huh. Brown Stadium, you are still right in the thick of being able to play a home playoff game. And you cannot well, me- be sacrificing games of any magnitude whatsoever. Go ahead. Go ahead. So if that is the case, and I'll tell you why I don't think it is, but if that is the case, Kevin Stefanski should be fired. T- tell, me, tell, 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 me why, tell me why you think that you don't, you don't think it is. Go ahead. Because the guy you're relying on, if it's not DTR, was bagging groceries seven days ago. There's no way you could have that much faith in Joe Flacco already to know he's a decisive upgrade over DTR. Now, that granted, we don't we still don't know what DTR is. I'm still, if DTR is going to be great, maybe he's great. And if DTR is going to suck, maybe he'll suck. I am in nowhere, no position to make a judgment on what I've seen from DTR yet to project what his future is as an NFL quarterback. I think it's still too early. If you guys disagree, you guys can have your own thoughts, and, and I'm not going to tell you wrong. I just haven't seen enough yet, good or bad, to make a judgment. I know what Joe Flacco did last year outside of the game against Cleveland, and I know what he's done the last four seasons in the NFL since he's left Baltimore. Okay. And it has frankly been not that good. Now, could it be steadier than DTR? Is there a baseline that may be a little higher than what DTR's baseline is? Sure. But I know what that ceiling is, and I refuse to believe that he's going to sacrifice a game, which could be the difference in playing right there at Brown Stadium or going to Denver again with the young quarterback to put his team in that situation. I, I th- listen, they're, they're an analytical, they're an analytical group. Listen, when you win this game, you got to think of best-case scenario, worst-case scenario. Worse, like, think about it. These are the people that put DTR ahead of Josh Dobbs. They got rid of all the other quarterbacks. That's so it's right. not like they, they have not done some experimental stuff, right? I would like if he did if he did hey. like that, man, he didn't. Well, right watch now. this though. Yeah. Watch this though. If you're looking at it, like how do you know? How do you know DTR gives you the best chance possible to win a game? If you don't let him go out there and run a natural playbook without trying to keep the training wheels on, you don't know that. Well, I you think- don't know that, but you gotta have common sense to know that you're playing in a tough AFC and you can and you need every single game that you can win. So on the road against the Denver Broncos in a place to where you came into this game four and eleven, it's not the right time to go yeah. see a DTR as the quarterback that can win you a game later on down the road. I'll tell so you what. I'm with Mike. I, I find it hard to believe that he thought like that. And if it comes out that he did, that dude needs to be G Bush, we tried some weird things on UCSS. But we wouldn't do it on Monday at 1130 the day after. A yeah, we, we ain't I mean, trying to do it on Monday. <laughs> I done seen some like, stuff. I done seen. <laughs> listen, I'm gonna t- let me keep me, me real with you, right? So I don't think, you, I don't think you, they're way off, G. I, I just think I, did, I, I, I just I just can't buy in. I just, I just can't, if the, I can't it, watch this. It, so, OK, let me ask you a question then. Please. We just we just having a little fun here. They already got smoked. Um <laughs> What is the chance if DTR is is clear from protocol? Mm-hmm. What is the chance Flacco starts against the Rams? Okay, so it depends on when DTR is clear because <laughs> so if DTR didn't get hurt, let's say DTR finished the game okay. and we feel the same way we felt about DTR from what we saw to the end. Okay, is that okay. the baseline we're going? Because uh-huh. he's not going to get clear from protocol till Friday. So if if he misses two days of practice, Joe Flacco is going to start. Right. Actually, let me say that. Joe Flacco better start because if I have to watch P.J. Walker play a whole four quarters of football, I'm out. Steve, you could do the postgame show without me. I'm not coming on and talking about P.J. Walker <laughs> on a postgame show. But let's 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 be an assumption, Earl, just for the, the sake of this, that how you felt about DTR, wherever that is on the scale, is how you're going to feel at the end of the game. No higher, no lower. I would still start DTR one more game 
just so I had an actual understanding. So I could say I had three full games in a row. You had three full weeks of practice leading up. And so you case, experiment now. I need three experiments. Listen, I'm starting Flacco. Listen, all things considered, today was not all on DTR. Today, we know we're not saying that it wasn't all on DTR at all, man. But I'm not even. I'm just looking at it like you in the thick of a of 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 a playoff race in the AFC that's tough, and you just got to keep throwing stuff to the wall and see if that's it. it. That's what he's saying. It's not sticking. Whether it be his fault or not, he just not sticking. But you can't go real quick. You can't just like damn. Just give okay. Just get. I'm. But I'm trying you, anything at this point. Just give me the veteran. You know that Flacco and Flacco sucks. Can you go back to DTR? You ain't got so no choice. You went back to him once already. With him. I feel like once you go to Flacco, though, it's Flacco's job. I will play all three of these quarterbacks in the same game if a need be, Mike. I, I know. I feel you the same way. You get it. You, hey, let's, let's keep it real, right? Look, the fans might not agree with this because they frustrated at the a loss, and we frustrated too. But, like, all of us said at the beginning of the season that if something was to happen to Deshaun Watson, it was gonna be an uphill battle from there anyway, right? Yeah. Now somehow, some way, somehow, some way, we done hung in there through everything we done been through. Shout at this point, Andrew. at this point, if we still in the thick of things, man, I'm throwing anybody out there any given week. I'm I don't care how it look. I don't care. I, I, I don't care about perception. I don't care about like the optics or none of that. If I got a gut feeling that tells me Flacco gonna give me the best opportunity to win this week. Cool. If he ain't getting it done and it's the third quarter and it's a tight game, go get me another quarterback. I th- ain't nothing been cute for the Browns this year. Why try to get cute now? Why try to go status quo now? Just keep doing whatever you got to do to, to like till I pull out a victory. And I don't even care thing. who it is. And here's the thing. And, and I, I want y'all to know this. And see, people, people be going crazy. Like, y'all don't think this is the, the conversation is this? They already, they've already deemed behind closed doors. That they, if they even sniff the playoffs, it is a raving success. Yes. Already. So for them, they're thinking like this. We got set with seven or seven to four. We got to win three games. I don't care if we got to run direct snap three games. Like that's the way they're looking at it. So when I say this stuff, like when I'm saying this, I'm not saying this to be like, oh, I'm, I'm knee jerking and about. Listen, they've already said behind closed doors. We lost Chubb. We lost Deshaun Watson. We are out there with four or five tight ends and backup tackles. If they if they can make it to the playoffs and make some noise in the playoffs with a hundred percent D, that's what they're gonna do. They'll change these guys week to week. That's why I was. That's why I was screaming, McNuggets. Get me a quarterback. Get uh, anybody. That, at the end of the season, we're gonna look back at where is the Brown barring a Super Bowl win. Which I'm not sure is possible with Joe Flacco, DTR, and PJ Walker. Just told if anyone feels differently, drop a super chat. I'd love to hear why you think they can still win the Super Bowl. I'm not confident with that quarterback play they can. But I do know that when we look back at this season, the biggest misstep will be not addressing the backup quarterback position at the deadline. I'll live with the decision that you thought DTR outplayed Dobbs preseason. Sure, bad judgment. Hindsight is 2020, but at the deadline, when you knew what you had to work with. You knew Deshaun had a banged-up shoulder already. I, I will never understand that decision. Also, if you put Joe Flacco back there, the offensive line was not very good today. And Joe Flacco is a statue. And I see this is about this right is now. why this and is why Joe Flacco's head get popped off his his, his <laughs> neck right now in slow motion in his head. 
because it it could be ugly for Joe Flacco. This is this is why. So have you noticed? See, you guys know me. I don't listen. When it was Deshaun Watson and Nick Chubb and all these other, listen, I'd be on here screaming and yelling. Do you see me screaming and yelling? No. <laughs> Do you see me all beside myself? No, because this is still fun. This is a yeah, nasty experiment. We're playing in the mud right now, <laughs> trying to make dinosaurs and looking for aliens. And look, bro, this is we are. We are battling. We are fighting. We're trying to find something that's going to stick. At the end of the day, we're not on here yelling and screaming because we understand that they're already shorthanded. Well, things we say, even when I said Kevin Stefanski's name, did I say fire him? You hear no fire out of G. Bush? Fire him. No, I'm just saying. <laughs> this is what we got. I it's do, still interesting. I got a question for y'all, but this is more so for the chat, man, because I, I love to see the chat, like, kind of like go get emotional and go crazy from week to week. So you you said that, you know, the backup quarterback, right? This is for y'all. This is for the fans in the chat. Knowing what you know now, Andrew Berry did make the call of Washington. Washington said they wanted a third-round pick for Jacoby Brissett. Do you think, in hindsight, Andrew Berry should have gave Washington a third-round pick to get Jacoby Brissett? I'm interested to see what y'all got to say. That's a great question. I'm interested to see what I'm interested to see what y'all got to say because y'all think we swing the podium from left to right. I'm curious to know what y'all y'all have to say. Knowing what you know now, do you think that Andrew Berry should have gave up that third round pick to get Jacoby Brissett? Give us a one for yes, a two for no. One for yes, you would give up the third round pick. Two for no, no third round pick. It 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 is. No, nah, I can't do it. You know why? You, I can't do it. I can't. <laughs> hey, do my it. man, Ron, I said yes and no. <laughs> no, I can't. I because I because I'm I'm still trying to find a replacement for for uh uh, uh Hollywood Hollywood uh Lightning himself. Uh, your boy that they, they told us was gonna be the greatest thing since sliced bread, but ain't showed up yet. Uh, Elijah Moore. I need to find. <laughs> I gotta yeah. give me another receiver out here. This looking dry as hell. <laughs> hey, shout out Cedric Tillman, by the way, for having his first right. real appearance. It was nice to see you, Cedric. I'm familiar I, I with your it game. This morning. I Him and DTR, it this by the way, and we know they played in high school together, so they do have that built-in chemistry. DTR and Amari Cooper, for whatever reason, this is now the third game they've played together where they do not seem to be in lockstep. Something seems to be off in the timing, in the chemistry, in the reading of a defense. DTR and Cooper, there has to be some sort of coming-to-Jesus moment between those two because you're not going to win with Amari Cooper having the production he had today. However, it was really nice to see Cedric Tillman, especially in the first half. He had that hands catch, G, where he caught it out yeah. in front of his body and then brought yeah. it in. Yeah. And it was finally an ounce of the potential that we have been promised from Cedric Tillman. And it's a rookie. You know, it's going to come. And it's, you got to be patient with third-round receivers. For the most part, they take a little bit of time to develop. But uh, it was really nice to see a guy that the Browns thought could be productive be productive in the passing game because more often than not this year, it has been the opposite. So, so a lot of people said, more people said no than yes. Here's the funny part about more people saying no, right? They saying DTR ain't the answer. They saying Flacco ain't the answer. Flacco don't know the playbook. You know, the Browns fans are delusional. But in the same breath, the only quarterback that he did make a call for before the trade deadline, you saying you wouldn't have gave up the draft compensation to get him. I guess my next question would be, well, what else – I mean, what more do you want? Like every option that's available, y'all saying no to. We all, you, this is what we do, Earl. You don't know. 
Like DeAndre uh, Hopkins, no. Jerry Judy, no. <laughs> hey, do you want Leonard? No. I don't. We don't need him. We don't need nobody. We, who do you, this like, is what they love. They will tell you no. Don't you ask names. Too many names. No substance. G. Bush. You want everybody. And we got a and we got a cap issue too, Earl. We like, and, and I get it. Like, like he not the answer either. But it's like, I mean, we're talking, we're talking, like we're talking what to do. Somebody said Cam Newton. I guarantee nope. you they would have brought nope. Cam Newton in here. Nope. Somebody would have had a problem with him bringing Cam Newton in here. And, and yeah. listen, we we, it, we pay. We this is so crazy. You, do, you damned if you don't, man. You live in a world you can't please everybody. Somebody would have have a, had an issue with no matter who it was. Like it's just like we man, it's I don't know. Can we can we uh can we do this? Like I I I think and a lot of people will say this, but you can't just you don't want to pour cold water on it. Like if DTR was playing right, well, first of all, Kevin's track record with DTR playing, DTR almost got his soul lifted today. I hope that brother is fine. Yeah, like that, like like he look look, it was bad, and on top of it. Amari Cooper got his soul lifted too. Like he his like X-rays came a, back negative, by the way. So that is good news. X-rays came back negative. I listen, I to to me, here's here's all Joseph's eye. We've been having a little fun. Here's the thing. You're starting to get to the point of the season where the Browns have lost a lot of people. But there are certain people, if they go down, wrap it up. Irreplaceable. Wrap wrap the cords up. Let's get the hell up out of here. Turn that <laughs> light off. Turn all that off. If Amari Cooper get hurt, chalk it up. If Miles Garrett is hurt, chalk it up. There's a couple of people we can't, like, we can't even mess around with. Like, because right now, like, we are, if David and Joker was to get hurt, I, some would say his hands look hurt right now. Some say his hands got caught in the car door, slammed in a Brinks truck. I don't know. Something some told me. I'm just playing, David. We like you on the show. <laughs> you McNuggets boy. We can we can't say no, shout out to y'all. But no, listen, if if we we have not had none of those like catastrophic injuries, but we getting kind of thin. We getting kind of thin and it's getting towards the December. The the Browns need what they need is a win against the Rams and come home and try to get a victory to get, get two out of this little three. But they need Gee, to find out who's going to be a quarterback to do it. Gee, I was just sent a tweet. Shout out to Evan for sending me this tweet. But Mary Kay just tweeted, Miles Garrett can seem to lift his left shoulder. Needed help putting his shirt on in the locker room before leaving. So that is something to monitor, and that is not good. Not good. Uh, did you did you see the play in particular? He got dinged up. No, I didn't. They, they they never really show which play. They just showed him kind of holding his shoulder at some point. I'm I'm curious to see when that happened. But if he's if he's hurt, that's 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 bad. Bad. Guy. <laughs> I'm <laughs> look. I mean, hey, hey, Boosie made a song a couple years ago that says sometimes you gotta laugh to keep from crying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that that should be the that should be the Browns theme song for the rest of the season. Here's a, here's a great thing. Here's a great thing. Kevin Stefanski. Kevin Stefanski. Here's the craziest part. Kevin Stefanski got you a game last week. I think you could have lost. He. I think this was a winnable game that he lost. But you go out there and, and see if he make the right play calls. My thing is this. 
at this point, they're gonna have to open open up that vertical play that playbook they if they to. got any receiver. They got to. They got they got to. And if, if Joe Flacco has anything left vertically, they're just gonna have to do it because the, the it's ten games on tape. Understand what we just saw. Ten games on tape. They are sitting on everything. They are Mer- sitting on it. Hopefully, we get Denzel Ward back too because we played a lot of zone. Mary Kay just said Miles says he felt something pop in his left shoulder. I told you I don't want to hear the word shoulder no more. Don't even say the word shoulder around me, man. Say say, say the thing attached to your versus your body or something. I'm so damn tired of shoulder injuries on this damn team. Everybody got a shoulder injury. What the hell, bro? He also said, I'm not going to not play unless it's literally falling off. So, Dad, now you need somebody to save Miles from himself. Lord have mercy. <laughs> All right, well, here, let's, we're going to read Super Chats, but first we'll go around the horn. G, you can start, then Earl, I'll wrap up, but. 60 seconds each. They did lose today. Obviously, disappointing loss. This That's is right. They could have won a <laughs> game. Played 10 times. They probably win more than five. But this this sky's not over. The season's not over. The sky's not falling. So let's – 60 seconds. G, you start. Tell the people why they should not be jumping off the bandwagon just yet. Well, listen. That's the thing about getting getting some cushion, right? You seven to four. Uh, you you had a half game up on the Steelers, but you three you're still three games over five hundred. So you know you look at the schedule and some of these other teams' schedule. Schedule is going to be more difficult for other teams, and you know going down a back stretch. I look at a situation with the Cleveland Browns. Uh, if they can get back <laughs> to who they are and run the football, keep it close to the vest. Hit a couple plays here or there. They showed that they have the the the, the uh, not only the kicker but the but the punt game, the special teams game, and the defense to do it. But right now injuries are, are, is catching up on them. Um, so now we're gonna have to see you know games where the coaches may have had a bad game. You got to make up for it, right? You you're not seven and four. You win next week. You go to eight and four. Now you got the four game cushion and everything is much better. But here's how you win and get in the playoffs. You lim- you mitigate all of the long losing streaks, and if you lose one, get back to next week and pick one up. It's going to be tough with guys. Hopefully, Miles Miles Garrett um, is is back ready to play. Hopefully, we can get Denzel Ward back. Hopefully, we get Anthony Walker back, and um, and hopefully, there's no reverse plays plays next week. <laughs> no reverses, dog. Just, just well, I mean, for me, you know, not to, I mean. My reason why that nobody should jump off the ship is because everybody loves loyalty, right? Like, you know, everybody loves when somebody is loyal. So since we loyal Browns fans, we're going to treat this like the Titanic and we the band. we just going to go down with the ship. That's what we're going to do. You know, in the words of Kevin Stefanski, let's just try to go one and no next week. That's all I got for y'all. Just don't don't use the word shoulder around me. Say boulder or something. Just figure out. We're going to figure out something else to use for the rest of this week. Flacco! Hey, hey, this has been a horrible-ass weekend, man. Screw Ryan Day. Screw the cast, man. Screw this ugly-ass loss to the Broncos. Like, just screw it all. Like, yeah. just screw it all. <laughs> yeah, it's... It, Dumb-ass yeah. weekend. That's we what gonna this ban, We're going to ban that word if anyone uses it in the UCSS office tomorrow before the show. We're going to kick them out. Uh, it'll come up on the show, and I can't kick people off the show as it's happening live, but we're going to try to avoid using that. It sucks, but the reality is... Seven and four is seven and four. We don't know if DTR will be back next week. Maybe he will. Maybe he's not. It's a concussion. So that could be a one-day thing. It could be a three-week thing. We don't know. So until we know that it is officially Joe Flacco time, I'm staying positive. DTR showed me enough today that makes me think if he's playing, 
they have a chance to compete. And that's all you can ask for. And with this defense, with hopefully the ability to uh, rebound in the kicking game and the home field advantage they have at Cleveland Brown Stadium, that's enough to win two or three more games, which is enough to make the playoffs. So you are still right in the thick of the playoff hunt. If the season ended today, you are in the playoffs. And if you had told me that we would have as many DTR PJ Walker games as we have had up to this point, I would say there's not a chance in hell the Browns are in playoff contention. So I will take that. And Earl, what's up? I got to tell y'all this. This happened, man. man Chat gonna get a kick out of this. So uh, when I was hosting Friday, uh, I had a caller call in. The most outside of my mind thing I think I've heard. And I usually don't. I, I give Browns fans credit for being smart. Dude called in and said through two games. DTR is having a better rookie season than Baker Mayfield's rookie campaign. Oh, yeah, I saw that, and that should not Turn be off. And, 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 and G, you know, on the radio, you Turn know, I'm cool, calm, I'm collective. I try not to be disrespectful to no callers, man. But Get him up out of here. I, I talked about Big E pretty bad, man. I talked about him pretty bad. Wow. That was insane. And, look, I'm not even a Baker, bro, but that's a prime example of when you don't like somebody, you will say anything. Yeah, they will. <laughs> He had no touchdowns, four picks. So like, no, that's stop. We're going to read some super chats here. First one comes from Jeff Schlosser. Better not bench DTR after this losses on Kevin and drops the worst defense in the league. And you come out throwing SG said, invent, uh, investigate Peyton bounty gate 2.0. Mark Tring, Tringhees, Tringhees, excuse me. Says Kevin Stefanski is an absolute scrub, the worst rushing defense, and we constantly pass. I'm tired of it, man. You aren't smooth, Kevin. Go kick rocks. Correct. 1789 says, Why are we acting like the passing game wasn't working with DTR? Gotta stop listening to the brain head, brain dead takes from Mark Sanchez. A <laughs> Sigma said, I test DTR played great. Look at the drops. I don't know if he played great, guys, but I don't think he was bad. I listen. There's some. There's sometimes McNuggets. I really would like when all twenty two comes out. Like I just want to just sit there and be like, "Yeah, you gonna, that's not great. Yeah, that's not yeah, great. Yeah. That's not great. That's, that's not. That's not on the level of better than Baker, but great is definitely not a word I would describe that performance with. Evan four one nine says seven drops, four offsides. Newsom got exposed. Had a chance to take the lead, and an Njoku drop leads to a DTR injury. But if we only ran it five more times, <laughs> Raphael Quinoa said, I'm so sick and tired of Stefanski always trying to be cute with play calling, acting like he has Pat Mahomes at quarterback. Rick Stanfield says, Stefanski, what were you doing, bro? You were playing to win today? Or did you bet on Denver on FanDuel? If you are betting, bet with FanDuel, fanduel.com slash UCSS. Ronaldo Archer says, it's hard to overcome. No Chubb, no Watson, no receivers. Missing two tackles, missing Denzel. The Browns are a car. Browns are a car with two flat tires, and leaking radiator, with a drunk driver and a blizzard. Dang, that's the script. Damn. <laughs> uh, or seventeen eighty nine says, "Let's please stop being the fan base that complains about coaching after every loss. It's embarrassing." The defense Absolutely is awful. Not. Ride receivers had a ton of drops today. Set apart. Laz says Russ was giving our defense all they could handle by checking the ball and calling audibles. We did not have an answer to their counters. B. Haas says 42 pass attempts, 16 handoffs to Chubb and Ford, uh, to Hunt and Ford, excuse me. That's a losing formula. Bob Byler says we might have won if we ran and killed the clock, but Stefanski looks bad when his QB play doesn't win. His pride will always cost us. The Buckeye picker said Stefanski needs to stop trying to outsmart everybody 
and just play hard-nosed football. Do it for Chubb, says DTR. Also has to figure out his throwing power, too. He overthrew Njoku. Two, he... I'm going to decipher this, but I think he said he threw it too hard a couple times. He's got to back it off a little bit. I think this is what he was trying to say. Rob Cunningham, never during a game do we say pass the ball. We say run it. Even the announcer said it. Ray Smith said, season's not over. It's okay to vent, but don't give up. Rated R says, y'all not going to talk about the drops? We talked about the drops. Inexcusable. Joko had a couple. Ford had two. Cooper had one. Um, am I missing? Did someone else have a drop? I think that's seven. Yeah, we, we seven, right? I mean, we definitely talked about the drops. It's hard not to talk about them. They've been dropping the ball for the last two games. Yeah, and and it, listen, drops don't help any guy. Look at Patrick Mahomes; his numbers are down. The Chiefs lead the NFL in drops, and when you have a rookie quarterback who needs all the help he can get, any drop is an inexcusable play in my mind. You you can't not help your quarterback in these situations. Simpo says it's Flacco time. Let's get back to one and zero next week. Jay Boyer says. Ryan Day and Stefanski have to go trying to <laughs> trying to make flaming yawns out of chopped liver quarterbacks. They should know better. Setter part last says, worst nightmare is coming true. We're losing key players. Rat Generation X says this division has Harbaugh, Super Bowl, Tomlin, Super Bowl, Zach Taylor, Super Bowl. Stefanski never has and never will. He's the worst head coach in this division. Uh, I, see, I'm not even saying this. Look, look, you, you they be acting like I said all this. These are super chats. I didn't say none of this. Um, <laughs> uh, is it just me, Samuel R? Is it just me, or did this kind of look like the first game against Baltimore? Rated R says lost our key players on offense. What else can Kev do? Set apart. Laz says Tomlin somehow keeps finding a way to win. DJ Robot says, I believe Stefanski did not do good film work on Sean Payton. Payton ran. Payton ran his old Drew Brees offense on us. Everyone could see this. I'm tired of the Baker bro level excuses for Stefanski being hard-headed. Jay Boyer says, just play simple football, run the ball. Even Mark Sanchez said, Mr. Buttfumble himself, just play simple football. I'm going to the game next week in LA. Wish me luck. I'm going to the game next week in L.A. Wish me luck. Good luck. Do it for Chubb said. P.J. is dumpster juice. Put him in a blender. Uh, Damian Frederick said it was a five-point game when DTR went out. He was playing all right. There were drops, good, bad throws. I think he's good enough. I know P.J.'s got two turnovers in him, one and a half guaranteed with his en- when he enters in the third quarter. Do it for Chubb says. DTR can move the ball but can't finish two games where he can't score over six points. He a rookie. I get it, but damn it, man. Thank the Lord for Dustin Hopkins. Uh, Daniel Rainish Bryson said, crazy take for you guys. Maybe Stefanski's play calling would feel more consistent if the general moving if the general moving the pieces can't do it at a high level. Man, I'm just trying to have a hard time crucifying Stefanski without Chubb and Deshaun Watson. And those are our Super Chats. So we appreciate y'all. Thank you. It sucks. Losing it's, been rough, it's, it's been a rough week. Not fun. It is what it is. Also, I got to figure out how to read these super chats with my glass. I got to like literally look inside the computer to figure these out, but uh, I don't have my contacts in. So we appreciate y'all. We'll see you tomorrow on the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. And next week is the Rams. And that better be a dub. We'll see. Peace. Peace. Hey, Prime members. 
You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.